I am Dracula. Hi, I'm Jackie. Wanna play? Have you checked the children? children? We all go a little mad sometimes. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of From Dusk Till Dawn. I am your host, Don Lahey. This is a horror movie review podcast where we like to review horror movies. And the way that we choose our horror movies is that we go to a horror movie generator, we hit generate, gives us a movie we watch it then we pod it baby we podcast it when you say pod it that means in podcast world that you go and you make a podcast episode of your subject but we didn't go to a horror movie generator this week's movie is brought to us by my uncle anthony uncle tony i was uh, over picking up some stuff to take up to the cottage at his house, and I was telling him about a couple horror movies that I saw, and he said, you gotta watch The Hunger, 1983's The Hunger. And I was like, you got it. So here we go, 1983's The Hunger, directed by Tony Scott. IMDb gave it a 6.6, and Rotten Tomatoes gave it 59%. So I feel like everyone thought the same. Everyone felt around the same. The plot reads, a love triangle develops between a beautiful yet dangerous vampire, her cellist companion, and gerontologist. And for anyone out there that doesn't know what a gerontologist is, I think I'm saying that right. It's a uh, doctor who studies age, the aging process, I guess. The first line in this film is... No ice. Not not nice. No ice. So, wasn't really expecting that. Now, if you watch the film, the first words are someone singing. But it kind of plays into the soundtrack, so I didn't consider that a part of the first line said. You can be the judge of that. You can totally be the judge of that. Maybe make a podcast about it. This movie really had an art house feel to it from the editing, from the score, the acting, uh, and kind of like a music video vibe the whole time. Uh, But this movie was, how do I say this? Strangely sexy through the entire thing. There was some tension building uh, pretty much everywhere, but it was very sexy. Everyone is talking about aging and mortality in this movie. So, you know, this only has a runtime of an hour and 37 minutes. And everything is about aging and mortality. There's not, they don't really go off that beaten path whatsoever. But like halfway through the film, I was getting like a Nolan vibe, Christopher Nolan vibe. And I was kind of feeling like there was going to be a giant twist by the end of it. There was a little bit of a twist, but nothing too wild, I felt. And the makeup in this was amazing. Those are my first initial shots but the movie does start off with uh the shining baseline so to compare it it was 
You know what it sounds like. Sounds like this. And I thought, well, maybe that's just setting the tone right now. I'm not too sure because it did kind of have a weird, spooky, uh, shining feel. Supernatural, but you didn't know what exactly what the supernatural was. The opening, like I said, it was a lot like a music video. Um, then it got really violent with monkeys killing each other, uh, which had a kind of foreshadowing um, deal with it. But I don't want to see a monkey hurt another monkey. No, and I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was a fake monkey, but. God, it looked real. But the makeup was really good, so it could have been a fake monkey. I don't know. We can see that they are running with parallel Susan Sarandon, uh, who plays Sarah Roberts. Uh, she's making parallels to uh, Bowie. Uh, Bowie's David Bowie's in this. He plays John Blaylock. I'll probably just call him Bowie and her Susan or Sarandon because I love both of them, and that's just how I refer to them usually. But you can see that uh, Sarandon is, like, um, running with parallels. Uh, she's the gerontologist, uh, so she's kind of studying these these monkeys, and she's making parallels to uh, David Bowie, and at, at the very same time, she's saying these monkeys can't sleep. And at the same moment, he's kind of staying up in the middle of the night, smoking cigarettes, the 80s, smoking inside, smoking around fabric. You know how they did back then. They didn't care what anything smelt like. But running parallels uh, on aging, because uh, that kind of is what we're going to get into here. But it, it was a fun little narrative. Uh, then we see, uh, Bowie ripping on a cello and, uh, he's actually good. And he also learned how to play the cello for this part. He plays it for about 10 seconds in it, but looks great. He really looks like, uh, Yo-Yo Ma. I think that's the right person who plays the cello. Another funny part, not that I've brought one up yet, but the little girl, Alice played by Beth, uh, Ellers, uh, she offers, Miriam, who is played by Catherine Deneuve, uh, who is also playing David Bowie's wife in this, Miriam Blaylock. Uh, Alice offers Catherine quaaludes. Once again, the 80s, baby. What's up? That's a thing. And she's like, you shouldn't have fucking quaaludes. And she's like, yeah, my mom's got a fucking shipment of them every week, so... I just take him from her and offer him to cool adults that teach me how to play violin, yo. Bowie goes and tries to talk to Sarandon, and he starts to smoke. Uh, and the the nurse in there says, hey, there's no smoking in here. And he's like, yeah, sure, no problem, but puts it in an ashtray. It's like, what's that all about? You don't want me to smoke, but you're putting the fundamentals for me to smoke in here? What's going on? But I guess, you know. Maybe it was just decoration. You go to like a toilet store and they're not all set up to facilitate a human doing their business. So maybe that was kind of the same thing. I'm not too sure. The way that they aged Bowie, they aged him so good in this. He's actually 35 in the film. He says that he's 30. He looks 30. Uh, he looks great in this film. And but they age him. They age him very, very quickly because we'll figure that out in a little bit. But. 
the agent and the makeup is so good for 1983. So, so good. They play with like a little bit of shadows here and there. But other than that, it looks remarkable. They age him the way that he would look like when he is himself 50. So good on you. Very good work. Uh, at this point, he sees a guy in the washroom. So what I'm picking up here uh, is that this vampire, Miriam, has brought uh, or has turned John into a vampire and they get to stay young forever. Uh, I think until Miriam says, no, that's enough. Or they only have like 300 years or something. He has these flashbacks of him like in a barn and it kind of looks like maybe like the 1700s or something or 1600s. I was a little confused by that. It was kind of hard to, I, I didn't have subtitles on this and I should have had subtitles on this. It was kind of hard to understand what Catherine Deneuve was saying. Uh, she is a uh, French actress and some things kind of didn't c come out clearly for me. I rewound it, turned it up, and I just didn't hear what uh, the information that was coming out. So I did get a little bit uh, confused with some of the things that were going on. I think he's been around her for about 300 years or something. And he's finally kind of dying or aging or, or something. Uh, and he sees a guy in a washroom. And I think that he thinks that if, if, he feeds on someone's blood like a vampire, then he gets to stay young. So he tries to do this and then someone else walks in and he, and he's like, okay, no, I'm not, uh, I'm not going to do this here because this other guy's going to stop me from feeding on this man. Uh, and then we see a rollerblading montage, which is always great in the eighties, very normal. And it makes me very happy. And then Bowie tries to get that person's youth out of them, goes, cuts them, and runs away because he's just scared because the person's like, hey, man, you cut me. Don't freaking cut me, man. So he gets to that point. Uh, and, and yeah, so this is where I get kind of confused. Uh, his, his hunger um, has gotten so great that he kills Alice, the one who is offering quaaludes to cool adults who teaches her violin. And he kills her, which which was a big shock. Really good twist in the movie. Didn't think that a, a teenager was going to get bopped off, but she did. And Bowie then, you don't see what Bowie does with her, uh, with her blood or anything. So that was a little confusing because I was like, oh, next time we see Bowie, he's going to be uh, young again. And then we're going to have more Bowie in this film. That's not the case. He he stays super old. And then Miriam comes home and she's like, what the hell did you do? You killed my student, our student. And now, now you're dying too. And then Bowie's like, can you just fucking kill me? Because I'm, my insides are turning into old shitty avocado. And I'm just ready to go. And she's like, I can't kill you. I'm sorry, boss. Um, not really the way that this works. And then 
She's like, but I will do something for you. I'll put you in a coffin and put you away with all my other lovers in the attic, pretty much. And this was a very artsy moment uh, where Miriam puts Bowie in a coffin and the music that's in the background and there's doves flying around and there's like very light, silky fabric floating. It was very like fever dream uh, slash nightmare slash like Celine Dion music video. So I don't know, kind of the corn started setting in and, and the confusion. And I was almost like, okay, what's, what's happening here? We just put Bowie in a box and now he's gone and he doesn't come back. So I was like, where's Bowie? Like I was like kind of excited that Bowie was going to be in the whole film And then he's not. And also the plot read uh, love triangle. And last I heard, you need three points for a triangle to happen. But what are you going to do? Now we have uh, a detective involved that really didn't matter either. He was in and out. Didn't matter. Didn't really make a stink. It just heightened some tension in it a little bit like he was interested in the missing alice violinist violinist and then he was gone until the end of the film that's it so a little confusing needed more from him maybe they wanted this to be longer but they were like god this is boring with all the floating silk uh fabric in every fucking hallway and every edit has to have like the the editing was really good. I really did enjoy the editing, but it was somewhat uh, uh, spastic a little bit. And 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 now for some reason, Susan Sarandon is being kind of seduced by Miriam, and she gets seducted by Miriam. Susan does so. She's in the grasp. Um, they never say vampire in this, but I understood like what was going on with, you know, the whole like uh, mind, you know, control and and such and such. Uh, but uh, yeah, Susan's over there and she's drinking some sherry, I guess. And when it falls out of her mouth, it's red when it hits her blouse or her shirt. And I watched it and watched it over again. It doesn't look red at all in the cup and then it falls on her shirt and it's red so a little confused about that and then uh, Miriam bags Susan and Bowie was just put in a box so I feel like maybe Miriam was a little bit um, narcissistic and she was just kind of looking for people to bang and because Bowie's not even cold yet. He's upstairs, just hanging out. Hanging out in the attic down the street. No, it's bad. And uh, <clears throat> and I know that they're they're vampires. They never say that they're vampires and everything. But the one lure that I really like about vampires, and the one lure that like is always interesting to watch in films is that they don't have a reflection. And there was one scene when Susan uh, Sarandon and Miriam are 
um, you know, having, having, uh, playing, um, bed wrestling and there's a mirror there. And I'm like, this would have been a great shot where Miriam wasn't there and Susan was there and yeah, but it's okay. They, they weren't doing the vam, vam the vampire thing, the vam vam thing, you know, uh, when Susan and Miriam are getting it on, Miriam bites Susan and bites her hard enough that she just starts bleeding everywhere. And Susan is closing her eyes, kind of enjoying the kissing on her arm. And then Miriam bites in and Susan doesn't flinch. So a little weird. After all this, Susan's husband immediately thinks something is up, but uh, he's going about it in such a shitty fuckhead way telling her she shouldn't have been having a conversation that long telling her what's wrong with you what's going on with you like they they had a normal conversation like two days ago and now she's like just smoking in a restaurant and not hungry and he's like what the fuck is going on with it's just like dude relax she's she's chilling you're both doctors you both live in new york city you're having fun she ordered her a steak, and she doesn't want to eat it right now. Get off her back. Husband was kind of a limp, limp character. Willem Dafoe plays a very small part in this, which I thought was really cool. Uh, Susan is turning, and her husband comes to try to get her, but she's got hunger, and she doesn't want to kill her husband, but she does. At least I think that she does, because she comes downstairs and she's got blood all over her face, and you don't see that guy again. I'm a little confused and uh, aroused at this point, but more confused than anything. Um, and it's, things are just happening randomly, and for almost no point, and I feel like they're trying to wrap it up really quickly, and that is exactly what happens. They wrap it up extremely quickly, very abrupt ending, and you're kind of left being like, where was Bowie the whole time? Is Susan turning into a vampire? Was Miriam at the end of her vampire life cycle? I'm not too, I'm, I wasn't too sure. Uh, there was a lot of making out with blood coming out of the mouth, which I thought was very music video of them, but also, what are you guys doing? Making out with blood, yikes. Here's the twist, Bowie is back. But so is all of her ex-lovers. Don't know how that happened. I don't know if Susan kind of summoned them back or not. But like I said, they try to wrap this up really quick. And they just kind of push her over through the stairs. And she falls to her death. And while she's falling to her death, she's just screaming. And it's echoing. And it's a weird edit. And very weird. Weird, weird editing on that part. But yeah, we just kind of found out that she was a narcissist and wanted to bang everyone and couldn't help but feed on people uh, to stay young. And yeah, she's got serious commitment issues. So, and honestly, that's it. The detective comes back and he goes and goes into the house and he sees someone and he's like, hi, I'm the real estate agent. And then he the detective's like, where is everyone? Then they're like, I think they're dead. And then he's like, okay. And then it's over. And then you see that Susan Sarandon's still alive, but I guess now she's the main vampire. 
I'm really not too sure. It was so artsy and like the, there was like this kind of really grainy filming going on. So it was hard to see certain things up until the point that like Bowie died. I knew what was going on. And then after that, it was just a love affair between Susan Sarandon and Miriam. And then it just kind of got out of hand for like a minute. And then the movie was done. So that's really all I got to say about this. So I'm going to gonna have to give this a rating right now. On this podcast, we like to rate our films with Don's dollars. One dollar being the least amount of money that we'd spend to go see, in a, see, see a theater. And ten be, being the most amount of money that we'd go spend to go see in a movie theater. And I'm going to give this a solid $3. Because I really didn't hate it. I just felt like... It was, I don't know, Tony Scott's a great director. I liked the concept. Like I said, I thought it would have been, it would be great to get remade now with like a bigger twist or something. It feels like kind of a A24 film with the whole like aging and feeding on people to keep young. And uh, there's definitely a twist in there that could be thrown up. But yeah, uh, $3 please, for this film. I love Bowie. I love David Bowie. So I'm biased on this. What are you going to do? I'm rating the film. That's what I think about it. I love you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, get home safe. Make sure that you're uh, hugging whoever you love for at least 15 seconds a day. Tip your bartender. Um, if you're in a really high place, Make sure that you're paying it forward. If you're going to have David Bowie in a film, don't put him in a fucking box for three quarters of it. Okay? Love ya.